And when we do these local pledge drives, we also get to bring in great guests. Our next guest is not actually local. He's calling in from from Washington, D.C., from the Pontifical John Paul II Institute. And we are grateful to be able to speak with Dr. Joe Atkinson. Welcome, Dr. Well, thank you very much. It's an honor to be with you. Such a pleasure, such a pleasure. We know that all good things begin with prayer. So would you lead us in a prayer for this next segment? Sure. Thank you, Father, for the gift of communication, that we are able to spread the truth so that people can be free. We ask you, Father, to bless this radio station and the listeners, and may it become fruitful and may people support it in every way. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, so a few housekeeping things before we get going here. Um, we have uh, a, a bell here, and I actually am going to get to ring the bell. It hasn't happened yet, but if we can get five callers on the line, we like to keep things fun here at the Quest. So every five pledges, we're going to ring the bell. So if we can get five pledges on your clock, then we're going we're gonna to ring it, and I get to ring it on your behalf since you're calling in. Um, we also ring it every time we get something called a founder. A founder says they'll give $100 a month for 36 months, and I think that we have four of those so far for today. Um, maybe five, maybe five. We have five um, founders, um, two of them just in this last hour. So we are extremely grateful. $100 a month for 36 months or a one-time $3,600 pledge. Um, Every founder gets to go into a drawing. Every monthly donor, actually, uh, $20 a month or more, goes into a monthly drawing. And uh, we are giving away several things. One of them is an air... Uh, a hot air balloon ride. So if you would like to be part of that hot air balloon ride, you can take yourself and two guests up, and it's donated by Play South Playground Creations. We also have a beautiful painting of the Holy Family, and uh, it is by um, a local, let's see if I can find the name here. It's by Sally Kazin, and she is a painter of religious art, and uh, you can view it at St. Bridget Perpetual Chapel. So every monthly donor will go into a drawing for either of those two items. We also have the, the thing going on where it once we get eight founders for the day, then we will have a drawing. So as soon as we get to eight, we're going to draw out one name out of the eight. And whoever that is will get a one-night stay at the Avalon Hotel. And so they have donated a one-night stay um, in order to to uh, support the Quest Catholic Radio. One more thing that we have is we have a a family feud Catholic style coming up um, here later today. We're going to play at 5 o'clock, and uh, they donated our... our, trophy for that. It's a beautiful statue of the Holy Family, and it's called, the the donor was Two Hearts Gifts and Books, which is a a Catholic bookstore here in Roswell, Georgia. So if you would like to uh, support them because they supported Catholic Radio, we would absolutely love it. They are here at their shop Monday through Saturday between 10 and 4. So if you want to, to support them, we would surely appreciate it. They also have a website, twoheartscatholic.com. 
Then the last little thing that we have is kind of cool because I think Dr. Atkinson, do you happen to know uh, uh, Michael and Anna Camacho by any chance? Oh yes, yes. Uh, that's uh, my that's uh, my daughter-in-law. Oh uh, really? My da- oh, I'm sorry, oh, my daughter and son-in-law. So Michael is my son-in-law, and oh. uh, they have started a beautiful candle company called CordaCandles.com. And uh, the candles are all centered around uh, the lives of the saints. The scents, the candles are, the names are inspired by saints. And so we're giving away $10 gift cards to CordaCandles.com. If uh, you call in and we get three callers on the line all at the same time, all three callers get a $10 gift card. And so does our guest, who right now is Dr. Joe Atkinson. So we are grateful and we would love to, to give you that. And again, it's Corda candles.com okay so let's see i think that's all of our housekeeping right now so so i'll give out the number one more time and then we get to to find out about uh, about dr joe atkinson so number to call 470-508-1160 so so doctor my understanding is that that you are not a cradle catholic so can we start out finding a little bit about you and your very interesting journey into the catholic church Sure. Uh, it's been a, a journey, which uh, really is a journey uh, concerning truth. That was the, the issue that really just kept pounding on my heart. Uh, I was uh, born in Canada and uh, part of uh, the, it was called the Anglican Church of Canada, uh, which is uh, associated with the Church of England. Uh, it's, uh, therefore, I was used to you know, a beautiful prayer book, uh, beautiful prayers, beautiful hymnody, and some very, uh, you know, really good pastors over the years. Um, but the problem uh, started, uh, I was actually, uh, actually became a, a, an Anglican minister, and it was, you know, that was a great blessing, and met wonderful people. But the, the question of the truth, of uh, moral truth and other things really hit me. Uh, particularly, uh, I was a few years into the ministry, and we were looking at the question of um, abortion came up in Canada, and uh, and it has a, a the country itself has a horrible dedication to um, uh, abortion, which is really sad. Uh, but within the Anglican Church where I was, the denomination where I was, there wasn't an absolute about life, and that deeply disturbed me. And as well, I always knew that um, that the that contraception was um, disordered. And so I, our, my wife and I, we never um, practiced contraception. We welcomed the children that we had. We ended up having uh, six children, and so it was a, uh, it was a, it was a difficult passage for me because I, my whole culture, my whole sensitivities, everything else, really formed in this Anglican tradition. And but I knew at some point that we really had to leave, and so uh, we eventually did. Uh, and in the search, uh, one of the big things was, you know, what do I do next? And uh, and that took a long time, a number, a couple of years probably. And then I saw um, an advertisement for John Paul II Institute, and the institute in D.C. is is wonderful. It's so committed to the magisterium, to the truth of Scripture, and everything they were teaching was exactly what I wanted. And so I came down here and studied for five and a half years, ended up getting my STL and then my doctorate, and uh, they've asked me to stay on, and so I mm. teach their Scripture courses for them. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. And so I know that, that um, you also have done, I, I think, some work on um, concerning the family as the domestic church. 
Church. So I'm going to ask you to, to talk a little bit about that, but I want to give out the phone number again as well because we would love to get the phone lines going so that we can give away these wonderful gift cards to cordacandles.com, $10 gift cards when we get three on the line. And most importantly, you know, we just really need to be supporting Catholic Radio and, and the work that, that it's doing, you know, the mission to save souls. Um, and, and we see the good work. We see, hear the testimonies um, of the people who call in and they make a pledge. We had one person who called in, I think it was yesterday, and they said that, that they had actually, you know, they were pretty good Catholic, but they'd been listening now for six months and they really felt like they had grown tremendously in their faith just in the six months that they were listening and so um, they were calling in to make a much bigger donation than what they had done before and you know we 32 percent of the responders to a survey say that they entered the catholic church because of what they heard on catholic radio so we're talking with dr joe atkinson who is a a convert to the catholic faith Um, it wasn't catholic radio that brought him in but uh, it is working for so many so we would love to have the participation Participation of all of our listeners right now um, by calling 470-508-1160 or by donating online at thequestatlanta.com, thequestatlanta.com. And if you are familiar with Dr. Joe Atkinson, if you're familiar with the, the John Paul II Institute, the Pontifical John Paul II Institute, if you would like to give a message to Dr. Joe, we can absolutely do that over, over the air. We will only use your first name um, and we'll let him know the last name if he's if he's interested we'll we'll get that to him so 470-508-1160 is the number to call so so doctor tell us a little bit about um you know we hear the phrase domestic church you know kind of spell that out for us paint that picture and tell us about your work uh concerning the domestic church yeah uh, a lot of the work that i've been doing over the last 20 years has focused on uh, the family as the domestic church um, quite a number of years ago now, I did a, a 13-part series on EWTN uh, with that same name, and uh, I published a book with COA Press, uh, which puts the principles um, in, in one place, which is uh, good for people. Mm-hmm. The, the idea is, is that, in essence, that the Christian family, really, there is a difference between just the natural human family. A natural human family is is obviously wonderful, it's God's creation, but it was always meant to reach its uh, an end point. In other words, there was something even more that was ordered towards um, uh, than just the natural family, and we, and we call us the domestic church. And what that is, is that we discover that in the end, Christ is actually very present in our family because of baptism, we become aware of it, and then what you realize is that your family is actually a little church. And you have two of the large um, church fathers, both Augustine and Chrysostom, who say, who say exactly that. They, they, they Actually, they'll say things like, the father is like a bishop in the house. And they say that the, the father should be responsible to make sure that everybody in his house uh, is aware of the readings and the teachings and uh, brings them up in that. So, and, of course, prayer is also very valuable. The reason domestic church is used is because what you realize is that, and this comes out of Vatican II, is that the smallest part of a church is, is not the diocese. Uh, it's not the parish. 
it's actually the individual families that make up the parish. So that the, the smallest cell of the church actually, at least corporately, is the family. And so the family actually has a very specific role because if the family is said to be a little church, which is what the catechism teaches, or a domestica ecclesia, the domestic church, the church in the home, then what that teaching is saying is that not only are the husband and wife married, not only are they gifted with the grace of children, and you have all those needs and all those joys, but also, just like the church, you have the same nature and the same mission as the church. Because if you, if, you say some, if you say, again, that the family is a church, then what the church is, the family has to be on its own level and on, on that proper level. And so we begin to see a total new vision of, of what the family is. Excellent. Really wonderful. Really, really wonderful. So, so how can we, you know, what, what is the role, I guess, of, of, you know, you probably know best the role of, of fathers, but, but fathers, mothers, um, everyone in this domestic church in order to, to share in the mission um, as the church, I think is the way that you worded it, that, that we, we have the same mission as the church. So what is our role in that mission in order to make our family stronger? And, you know, as the families are stronger than, you know, I think it was John Paul II that said maybe somebody else, I don't know, but the, it's coming to me that, you know, so goes the family, so goes society or something like that. So if we make the family stronger, then we are changing society as well. And so talk to us a little bit about what our role is and how we can some of the things that we can do, tangible things that we can do to make that happen. I'll give out the number while you think about that. The number to call, 470-508-1160. 470-508-1160. We do have one person who's called in so far, um, Georgia. Georgia called in, and she made a donation. So we would love to get five so that we can ring the bell. We just need four more pledges of any amount. Um, and we can ring the bell or a founder, and it's an automatic ring of the bell. So the number again to call, 470-508-1160, or you can donate online at thequestatlanta.com. All right, we are talking with Dr. Joe Atkinson, and I was asking him about about our role. You know, are all of us out there, um, you know, trying to raise families, trying to be part of this, uh, what you're calling the domestic church, trying to do the best we can, um, Give us some tangible ways that, that we can really do that in the best way possible. Yeah, uh, that's a really good question, because always in the spiritual life and our faith formation and trying to be faithful, so often people, authors, will give a, a book that says, do X, Y, and Z, follow this regime, and et cetera, et cetera. And they're, they're good, don't misunderstand me. Mm-hmm. But there's a deeper thing that we all have to do, mm-hmm. because that's the only thing that's real. And it's a question of identity. It's the question of, do we really know who we are? And that's the question that's always before us. What's the vision that you have and I have? What's the vision we have of life and of, of marriage and of family? And is it the right one? Because it's not just a question of doing things. And, yes, there are things we do, but that flows out of an identity. Let me give you an example 
You see in, in Genesis 2, where marriage is uh, given a, a, a fuller explanation, and what you see there is, of course, the creation of the man, the creation of the woman. They come together. They're ordered uh, to procreation, and they're ordered to communion with each other. And, of course, that's the, on the natural level, that's exactly right. That's what you see. And that's what natural marriage is. Every human, birth, every human person is, either comes from that or, it comes, or is going to be participating in a marriage in a family. So that's natural family, which is, is a wonderful gift from God. But when you look at Genesis 2, as you unpack it, you will discover that there's all sorts of imagery there which have not to do with natural marriage per se, but actually have to do with temple, the temple of God in Jerusalem, with the covenant, with the worship of God. Uh, an example is the, the whole Garden of Eden is facing towards the east, and that's exactly what the temple was. There's a, a mention of gold and bdellium, uh, and onyx stones. Well, onyx stones were in the high priest's breastplate. Uh, the gold was all over the place. It covered the tables, the instruments, and everything. And the bdellium was part of uh, the incense that was raised to God. And so we see that and, and many other things. And what we see is that, that the, um, the beginning of marriage, the creation of marriage, is actually within the context of a covenant with God. And so it's not just that God creates man and woman, which he does, but there's a much deeper desire of God, and that is, is that marriage itself will be uh, brought up into, will be assumed into his own way of, salving, of saving the world. So there's a, a vision that's very different. It's much more profound. And then that's picked up by Paul after Christ, of course, Marriage now can become what it's meant to be because now we have his grace flowing from the cross. And Paul says in Ephesians 5, he talks about uh, marriage and what, what the marriage is constructed like, how the man and woman have these very specific roles, like Christ, like the church. You already see there's a, an ecclesiological dimension. And then at the end, at 532, it's like Paul wakes up. He's been talking about marriage. He's talking about the one flesh union. And suddenly he says in 532, what I'm talking about is Christ in the church. So in other words, he's saying, yeah, I've been talking about marriage, but in reality, what that really is, what's really underneath it is something much, much deeper, which is the relationship between man and woman. And what that means in the end, finally, is that we know that our capacity to love as husband and wife comes from Christ's love for his church. So marriage actually comes from Christ himself. And then for us to live out and become the husband we're meant to be, and the wife we're meant to be, and then, of course, the children, to for what they're meant to be, we also all need to be connected to Jesus on the cross. We need to be truly baptized into Christ and allowing his life to flow through us. Wow. And, you know, that, that really is, you know, that, that really is the, the cusp of, of, of what we're all about is really just allowing God to work through us, to be his instrument, to give that, that total surrender, um, to him. And it's such a, you put it much more beautifully and eloquently than I ever could, but, but that's what I'm hearing you say. Am I, am I on target there? 
Oh, yes, absolutely. And it's not a question of eloquence, a question of living it out. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You know, that's easier said than done, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. So so I really love, love all of this. Where can our our listeners go and find some of the the works that you have? You mentioned, I think, a book and the series that you did for EWTN. Where would they go to find out more information about Uh, you? uh, I have a website, which is uh, Theology of the Family. Dot com. So that's easy, theologyofthefamily.com. Okay. Um, the book uh, is entitled Biblical and Theological Foundations of the Family, Biblical and Theological Fa- uh, Foundations of the Family, the Domestic Church. And you can, get, you can go to Amazon. Uh, you, that's probably the easiest place for people to get it. Uh, the website has a lot of uh, different interesting things, one of which is that uh, we also have turned the uh, Theology of the Family, that the, we did the series on EWTN, and then I was asked by my students, actually, if I would provide a workbook, so I did. So there really is a program now where you can do it yourself or your family or friends or in a parish um, where uh, people can watch the videos and then they, and then they can follow along in the workbooks so that they, after the 13 or like a half hour or an hour lesson, that they really begin to understand the, the roots of the family and what the family really means and, and so that they can, because if we don't go back to our roots and understand who we are, we can't live it out. Mm-hmm. Very good. All right, so we have got to get the phone lines ringing. We did have one call, and that was from Georgia, and we are grateful for for Georgia, who who made a pledge. We would love to get the phone lines going again. We'd love to give away the CordaCandles.com $10 gift card. We can only do that one call at a time. We can only keep Catholic Radio on the air here in Atlanta one call or one online donation at a time. That It's really as simple as that. And when you make that call or donate online, all of a sudden you're part of the family. Not only are you changing things for other people, but you're changing it for yourself. You're making it possible for other people to happen onto the station and have the truths and the traditions of the Catholic Church coming into their homes, to their cars. But when we become part of the family, we start to listen more ourselves. We take ownership in that station, and we receive the grace from giving to this mission of saving souls. And that really, we can't, you know, we can't put a dollar amount on that. The the amount of people who are being changed because of Catholic Radio is phenomenal. And and the reason that I that I do these pledge drives and I, I do all of this is because I believe so strongly in Catholic Radio. And I think that the reason that you're listening, you know, maybe you're listening for Dr. Atkinson and that's wonderful. And, and I support that wholeheartedly. But I think, too, that most of you are listening because you love Catholic Radio, too. And so can you take some of that love, take some of the the wonderful gift that God has given you, um, the treasure that you have, and... Um, just give some of it and let the let, let's see what the Holy Spirit will do with it. You know, we we don't know whose hearts are going to be touched, but we are getting calls, we're getting testimonials. 
people telling us how Catholic radio is changing them. And so can you be a part of it? I was told once by, by a friend who actually owns a radio station, and he said, you know, you can't take the only way that you can take it with you is if you give it away. And I think that that, you know, it's, it's kind of a cute twist on, on words, but there's a lot of truth in that because when we do give it away, and anytime we give away and empty ourselves a little bit, then we have room for the, for the grace of God to come in as well. So, so um, please, just really seriously consider whether or not you can be a donor to Catholic Radio. We only do these pledge drives twice a year, and we're only here until tomorrow, Friday at 6 p.m. We're here till 6 p.m. today, 6 p.m. tomorrow. Then we're back to regular programming until spring. So we need to raise the necessary funds before 6 p.m. tomorrow. Can you be a part of that by giving us a call at 470-508-1160? We so often say, you know, I need this, I need that. Well, we really do need. It's a very real need. It's not like I need some shoes. It's a real need that, that we need participation and we need donors to keep this on the air. When we do this, we also get to bring in great guests. And right now we're talking with Dr. Joe Atkinson, and he is with the Pontifical John Paul II Institute. And we are grateful that we, we have him here on the air. You know, let's change horses a little bit and talk about the John Paul II Institute, because I know that it's been in the news quite a bit. And so I'd like to really give you the opportunity to, to maybe clear up any misinformation that you've heard that's going on out there and really tell us about this wonderful institute that is really promoting marriage and family. And, and uh, you know, as John Paul II, you know, talk to us a little bit about his vision for the institute and uh, just share with us a little bit about that. Well, thank you very much for that opportunity. JP2, as I said, I came down here uh, in uh, the 1990s uh, to begin my studies. And I had uh, literally, we had just joined the church um, on uh, the eve of Epiphany, and I then came down, uh, leaving my wife and six children in Canada to start my studies. And then the next semester we were able to get together, which was wonderful. Uh, but the richness of the teaching is is uh, really very special here. Uh, they have the people who have designed both the curriculum and have picked the professors have done an ex- exceptional job. Usually, in you know an institution, you may have uh, you know or a department, you may have uh, one really good professor, uh, and you're if you're, you know really somebody who's stellar, and, and that's really a fine. Uh, what I find is with, uh, my colleagues really are just at the top of their field, and they're, they are clearly able to articulate what the problems are with our society, theology, philosophy, and give profound analysis, and then also how we can move forward. So I think this is a unique um, institute primarily because of the faculty, because they really are, again, uh, excellent, but also because of the genius of John Paul II. If you remember... As Archbishop of Krakow, in I think it was the 1980s, he came over to, <clears throat> excuse me, to um, the United States, and he said there, he said some words to the effect that many people in America and even many people in the Church do not realize that we are at the point of the final confrontation between the Church and the anti-Church 
the Christ and the Antichrist. And then he went on to say, but it is within the will of God and he will win. Mm. So I think he was very he was very prophetic and he had a prophetic soul and if, I don't know if you know the story but he went to Padre Pio and Padre Pio told him he was going to be pope one day. Mm. So there seems to be a a predestined role for John Paul II as we enter this very very difficult time in history. So I think what we see going on in the Institute at the moment is just another reflection of the, the the troubles, the chaos, the confusion that is in the world and the rejection of God in the world and sadly uh, in the church as well. Um, but we're never to despair. Uh, God is always in control and he always brings much greater good uh, when we go through these dark times. And so in the United States here as the session for John Paul II, uh, you know, we know the foundation that we have been founded on. Uh, we continue uh, to proclaim that truth and to teach it. And we are extremely blessed in the students that we receive because they're people who really want to investigate and understand their Catholic faith. Agreed. And, and, you know, we always have hope. We don't ever want to, to lose yep. that even when, you know, it just takes one light and darkness ceases to exist so yep. you know we it really just takes it you know i think the john paul ii institute is one of those lights it is absolutely one of those lights <coughs> excuse me so is the quest the quest is also one of those lights that is really helping to dispel the darkness and so we are grateful to to bring the two together today how cool is that that you know we have the airwaves that we can go out to a potential 3.1 million listeners and really bring the message of of you know how important the family is um in really bringing the light to the world and and how important your work um has been in bringing that light as well you know and and i'm you know i'm sorry I'm going to show my my um, maybe my ignorance here, but I'm thinking too that there was something with is it Cardinal Kafara no. that, that and, and it links kind of with uh, the Fatima story, which which we have a huge statue of Our Lady of Fatima here in the chapel at the Quest, and so they have a real devotion to Our Lady of Fatima. So can we talk about that a little bit? Am I am I remembering something correctly, or am I wrong? No, you're absolutely uh, right on okay. a target, and I was just thinking and was going to share that. Ah, good. You mentioned it, so I think it's... Uh, the Holy Spirit. It, yeah. There yeah. we go. Um, yes, what happened is that uh, when John Paul II founded the Institute, there had been a synod on the family, and out of that and those discussions, he wrote this truly magisterial work, which is called uh, uh, Familias Concertio, which is a Christian family. And it, it, it just gives profound theology of the family. As he tried to set up the institute to, so that we could begin to think more deeply about marriage and the family, because he realized the danger that they were in, what he, um, he gave the, the, the obligation to uh, Cardinal Cathara to be the first uh, president of uh, John Paul II Institute, and it was very rough going. Uh, they found there was a lot of opposition uh, in the secular world, but there was also, which as we, if we understand it correctly, doesn't surprise us, there was very serious opposition in the church itself. Mm. And so Cardinal Kafara, a very, very godly man, he uh, 
was talking to John Paul II, and I believe that JP II said to him, you know, write to uh, essentially Chia, uh, who was in Spain at that time, the last seer from Fatima. So he wrote her, you know, just asking for her prayers. And I'm uh, going to interrupt you just for a sure. second, and I apologize, but I failed to give out the number, and I also have a message here. So um, number to call is 470-508-1160, 470-508-1160, and we want all of the, the parishioners at St. Anne's to know that you have a challenge right now, because Deacon Keith is over on the phones right now, and he is challenging all of the St. Anne's people to call in and give him a pledge. So here's the deal. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to call this, you've heard of Bowling for Dollars, right? If you're old like me, you've heard of Bowling for Dollars. We're going to do Calling for Deacon. Calling for Deacon right now. And when you get Deacon, it's an automatic uh, $10 gift card for quarter candles. So whoever, and if we get three on the line, then you might even get two. Who knows? But uh, let's get three on the line. So we give that $10 gift card to quartercandles.com. And if you get Deacon Keith, you it's like double prizes. You are going to get a $10 gift card just by getting him. So we're doing, we're doing calling for Deacon Keith right now. It's our challenge. Let's get the phone lines going. 470-508-1160. Come on, he wants to take your call, and we know that you all want to support Catholic Radio as well. So so the phone lines are kind of slow right now. Deacon's putting this challenge out there. He doesn't want to just be twiddling his thumbs. He wants to make sure that he is over there working and raising, helping us to raise the money necessary to keep the quest on the air. So come on, let's do this. Let's do it. 470-508-1160. Calling for Deacon Keith right now. He's from St. Anne's. Come on, St. Anne's people or any people who want to call because you will get a $10 gift card if you get Deacon Keith. All right, so we are talking with Dr. Dr. Joe Atkinson, and what a treat it is to have him calling in from Washington, D.C., where the Pontifical John Paul II Institute is. We are so grateful to have him, and I interrupted you. We were talking about the story of Cardinal Kafara, and I interrupted you right at the point where he was sending a letter to Sister Lucia, who is associated with the Fatima uh, messages, of course. Yes, he, he, as I said, they were having, you know, serious opposition, both within the Church and within the secular society, to setting up the John Paul II Institute. And so um, he just sent the letter to uh, Sister Lucia because thinking, you know, asking for her prayers. He was not expecting an answer back because she was, um, you know, in the convent and so on. So three weeks later, he was surprised because uh, a letter came back and the letter, and it's been confirmed, it says this, Father, a time will come when the decisive battle between the kingdom of Christ and Satan will be over marriage and the family. And those who will work for the good of the family will experience persecution and tribulation, but do not be afraid because Our Lady has already crushed his head. So that, that was such a wonderful encouragement from uh, the Sarah Fatima Chia to uh, Cardinal Kafara, and he shared that uh, just recently within the last few years. And so we see that there is something truly, it seems very much that the Lord wants this institute to be here, 
so that the, the actual, what's called the ground or the foundations of marriage and family can be understood and lived out. And then if they're attacked, that's fine, but we know what the truth is and we'll remain faithful to the end. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love the, the ending part there because, again, gosh, you know, there is always hope, always hope. And, and I think that's, you know... Well, I don't mean to, you know, we are in a pledge drive, so we can promote Catholic Radio, and I don't mean to keep coming back to that, but I really see the correlation here, because, you know, in all of our secular media, we are seeing, you know, all this doom and gloom, and we're seeing, um, you know, things that are that are half-truths, that are twisted, and sometimes are just out and right, out wrong, um, lies, and yet we can tune into Catholic Radio, and we do get, you know, the, we get the good, but we also get the bad and the ugly, um, but we get it with hope as well. There's always, always that message of hope. And so when I hear you say that that Our Lady said to, to Cardinal Kafara, don't be afraid because Our Lady has already crushed his head. I mean, we can't get any more hopeful than that. <laughs> uh, you know, it just it's awesome. I just I love I love that story. Absolutely love that story. And I bet our our listeners do too. So, so come on. Let, let's uh, let's keep uh, Catholic Radio going so that we can bring these messages out through the airwaves. And uh, let's go for the the dialing dialing for Deacon. Here we go. Dialing for Deacon. That's what we need. Dialing for Deacon Keith. All the Saint Anne's parishioners out there. He is challenging you to give him a call, and we will give away a ten dollar gift card when you get him. Four seven zero five zero eight. 1160. We are also talking with um, with Dr. Joe Atkinson, and what a pleasure it is um, to be able to, to talk with him. So, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about um, John Paul II's vision, and we've talked a little bit about um, the pontifical John Paul II Institute. We've talked a lot about the domestic family, um, and I think we've tied them together, but can we make that, that tie really clear on how the Institute is faithful to John Paul II's vision? Because we do hear a lot of things in the news, and, and I thought you, you explained it very well earlier, but let's talk about how you are, you're living that out and being faithful to that vision at the Institute there in D.C. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's a good question, How I think uh, two things. One is uh, the faculty We've all come to our positions primarily because we are seeking the truth. That's why we're Catholic. And with the authentic magisterium as our guide, we, we, there's an automatic um, community that's developed. It wasn't something that we tried to develop, but it's somewhat unique in the academic world now where faculties really truly cooperate as a faculty and have a profound communion with each other and certainly on the intellectual level and also on the friendship level, that, that does happen here. And again, it's not because of something we tried to build or, or force. It's simply be, if you are really desiring the truth, then you tend to congregate with other people who really want the truth and are desiring it. So you have a number of our professors who have gone through their own journeys into the church. There's a number who have converted uh, from Protestantism. And so it's, uh, you, that dynamic is very clearly there. And second of all is that we do see JP2 as uh, been, uh, now St. John Paul II, 
as really having a gift for being able to articulate in ever-profound ways the truth that has always been in the Church. It's not like we're teaching novelty. Truth isn't novel in that way. Truth actually just goes deeper and deeper, and it doesn't contradict what happened in the past. It's a, it's a totally false understanding of truth, and we're very much committed to that. And so the level of discussion, the level of research uh, you would find here is uh, uh, very profound and, and helps, again, to ground the truth that the Church has always taught and will always continue to teach. Mm. The other thing is the, the students we have are uh, they're highly uh, they're self-selecting because they they want a genuine Orthodox Catholic uh, teaching. They want their faith to be expanded, um, and so we are aware of that. And we of course try to meet that need uh, through the teaching that we do do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have that, and then we see that of course what JP two did in his long pontificate, he gave us the Catechism, which becomes a norm by which you can see, well, if someone, no matter who it is, is teaching contrary to the catechism, then there's something wrong there. Uh, And then we also have a number of encyclicals um, that really very clearly define, for instance, that the discussion on the role of the ordination of women is closed because of the very actions of Christ himself. So again, he was giving reasons. uh, and And the role of conscience, and so on. And so within his own many numerous writings, uh, there are very clear guidelines which are rooted in the tradition, which are rooted in sound philosophy, which are very strongly rooted in Scripture, and he shows that over and over again. And so what we find is that the the theological, the philosophical, and the scriptural basis of JP2's work very much integrated, and that's, of course, that's not the only thing we teach, but it certainly is one of the bases. Mm. Really lovely. Okay, so so I asked um, my son-in-law, because, uh, you know, he was at the John yep. Paul II Institute. He, they lived in D- in Maryland for quite a while, and he attended the, the institute there, and, and so I asked him, he's he's much heavier thinker than I am. <laughs> it's it's much, it's over my head, but, but he said to ask you why um, the pastoral side of, of what you do at the institute, um, love and mercy can't be opposed to truth, uh, clear understanding of right and wrong and what the church teaches. So I think you've answered a little bit of that, but maybe um, we can expand on it a little bit as well. Right. No, that's, uh, Michael, that's an excellent, it's an excellent question. And again, because it goes to the heart of the matter, and it really goes to the heart of the problem that has been in the church. It's been hidden for decades. Uh, we just look at what the bishops in Germany are doing. I mean, it's it's basically verging on, if not indeed having moved into heresy, heretical opinions, heretical pastoral practices. And so that always was there. It's been there for decades, but now, for whatever reasons, it's come to the surface. And so we're forced to confront, well, what is truth? And because everybody's saying, well, we have to be so pastoral, and pastoral means seems to mean today, and having mercy seems to mean, well, we don't have to look at the truth, uh, we just to have have something like an emotional affirming being with other people. But that uh, takes the example of the woman caught in adultery. Jesus did not say to her, uh, "I'm going to accompany you and walk with you, and I hope someday you'll get to some 
better position place, but I'm not even sure if there is one. He doesn't say that. He says, I've forgiven you. I'm not condemning you. Go thy way and sin no more. Mm. So for Christ, he knows that there's only freedom if you are committed to the truth. He says, know the word of God, know the word, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Mm. The truth is tied to the word of God. Uh, There's a false understanding of mercy which does not lead you to freedom, and it doesn't lead you to eternal life. Uh, For instance, if you had a son or a daughter who was doing drugs, as a or uh, or a young lady who want to have an abortion, like in your family, you wouldn't accompany them to the abortuary. Mm. You wouldn't go help them to get drugs in some very false understanding of mercy. That that that's leading a person to their own death. What mercy does is it helps the person see their own life in the light of truth. And once that happens, then they have the possibility of truly becoming free. That's like with this, the, the whole thing of uh, communion uh, with, um, you know, divorced people. Look, marriage is very, very, very difficult. We all know that. And those of us who are married know there are always times when, you know, you go through rough patches. But that's the, the point. You go through the rough patches, it becomes part of the way of the cross, which if you're faithful, will lead to resurrection. To cut that short at any time is not an act of mercy. It can't be, because you're not leading the person uh, to truth. What I always teach is that, to my students, is that mercy and truth, justice, are two sides of the same coin. You can't have mercy without genuine justice. That's why Jesus came, to pay for our sins. You also can't have justice unless you also have mercy, but they both, you can't separate them. And unfortunately, many people, including bishops and cardinals, are doing that today Mm. and confusing people. Yeah. And, yeah, agreed, agreed. All right, so 470-508-1160. Come on, we really need to pump up the phone calls. We've been quite a while without one. And, you know, if we're going to meet our goals for today, um, we need to take advantage of every single minute that we're on the air. We are nearing the end of our pledge drive. We are only here until 6 o'clock today. And then tomorrow from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. So we really are getting to the point where um, we really, really, really need need uh, to get some more pledges coming in. So it can be online at thequestatlanta.com or it can be called in 470-508-1160. We're dialing for Deacon right now. Dialing for Deacon. If you can get Deacon, then you get the $10 gift card to cordacandles.com. Come on, we can do this. We also have... um, Um, a message for Dr. Atkinson, who we're talking with right now, and Susan Rice. Okay to say her last name. I I hesitated because we don't normally use the last name, but she wants us to use her last name. So Susan Rice, Dr. Atkinson, says that uh, she wants to say hello from a friend who is listening and that she knows you through her daughters. Oh, did we lose him? Uh Uh-oh, we did. Shucks. Okay, we'll we'll call you. We'll call him back. We'll keep him. We'll get. We'll be back here in just a second. But right now, it gives us opportunity to get the phones going. So the number to call is four seven zero five zero eight eleven sixty. 
470-508-1160 or the Quest Atlanta, the Quest Atlanta. And uh, we have had another donation from Paige. So that gives us two donations. So we have Georgia and we have Paige who have called in and we would love for you to be the next one that gives us a call. And we do have Dr. Atkinson back on the line. And doctor, I was telling you that, that Suzanne Rice, um, called in and she said to tell you that tell you hello and that she's listening and that she knows you through your through her daughters oh yes yes of course yes her two daughters she has two daughters who've been involved with the institute here and we are very very blessed to to have them so uh, thank you very much for your call Suzanne I really appreciate that and uh, just know that your daughters are doing well and are very much appreciated up here Excellent. Love that. I love it. All right. So if you want to give Dr. a a message, you can absolutely give us a call at 470-508-1160. And Dr., we have two pledges now. We have Georgia and we have Paige who have both called in with a pledge. And so we're grateful for that. And we would sure love it if we could get some more donations. We are going to take a break in about uh, seven minutes or so. And so we want to make sure that that we are going to the the chapel at a divine mercy. Um, we'll have like a, a are we breaking at three or are we breaking like five minutes before? Five minutes before, so we'll have a little bit of an introduction, and then we'll go to the Chapel of Divine Mercy, and then we'll have guests coming in to talk about Catholic Match. It's going to be Rosalind Broom, Joe Sullivan, and Enrique, and Caitlin Sampson will all be in here. We'll be talking about Catholic Match, so stay tuned for that. Pray the chaplet with us. Right now, we still have just about seven more minutes with Dr. Atkinson, and what a wonderful, wonderful time it's been to have him. want to give out his website again theologyofthefamily.com you can go on there you can find out information you can see the books that he's written um i i didn't get the full title it was biblical and theological something of the family what was it doctor foundations foundations of the family so if you want to look up his book uh, that would be biblical and theological foundations of the family you can get it on amazon that's by dr joe or joseph i guess atkinson um so if you would like to to find out more information and and really follow up follow up with this um you know the the domestic church the information that he's been sharing about us as the family as the domestic church um he's done an extensive about 20 years worth of of work um committed to this and so we would really love it if you would go to his website purchase his book find out more information so doctor we only have about six more minutes at this point seven more minutes something like that um what haven't i asked you that you yeah. would like to share with our listeners. Yeah, good. I, I, I was thinking that, and there's really two things I would like to share. One is, is for the men in your audience. Um, it's hard when somebody says, what is the role of a father? And it's really sometimes hard to know. With a mother, you know she's nurturing, she takes care of the child so much, she gives the child so much life. And the father, what, what does the father do? And I think this is where our understanding of the family being a domestic church, really helps because it will show fathers their vocation that God wants them to have. As Augustine said, you're like a bishop in your home, which means that you're responsible for the people who are in your home, that they they know God, that you lead them to God, 
that they know the scriptures, and that they know the teachings of the church. So, and that's important. And as a, a father, you have that responsibility. You don't obviously you're not going to do all that yourself. But you you do have to be involved. You can read the scriptures with your children. You don't have to know everything. The Word of God will take care of most things. It really does, and it becomes a great place where you can begin to ask questions, but also a great place where you can start to pray. So if we begin to see that this special role of fathers, which is desperately need to be recovered, that there is a very specific role for fathers, uh, it becomes very important. It's interesting because in Hebrew, the word for male is zahar, and the word to remember is also zahar. What the father is to help the family do is to help them to remember who God is. That, that's our job and the covenant. The second thing is the really important role the family plays is this. In my work, as I was uh, studying the, and researching the Old Testament, what I discovered was that the family is the carrier of the covenant. Well, the covenant now, like with Abraham, is the thing that ultimately will save us as it's fulfilled in Jesus. But if you look at the, all the laws and rituals in the Old Testament, which are part of the law, the Mosaic law particularly, you have to have a family. The, fa- the Passover happens in the family. Circumcision happens in the family. There's a special role for the father and mother, which is in the family. The food that you eat is like the temple that's in the family. So those, with, if you did not have the family, you, the covenant could not continue. So that's how important the family is. It carries the covenant. And in the New Testament, something even more powerful happens is it carries the covenant, yes, but also the Holy Spirit now lives within each of us in our family, and we now become an actual part of the church. So we have, a, as it were, an extra vocation, not just to be a family, to, but to be a family as part of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Really beautiful. Okay, well, we have just about two minutes left. Um, love to get the phone lines going. 470-508-1160. We will be taking calls over the break. Again, the, the website for Dr. Atkinson would be theologyofthefamily.com. Highly recommend that you go in and check that out. He also has a book, Biblical and Theological Foundations of the Family. We still have the challenge out there from Deacon Keith dialing for Deacon right now, and you get a $10 gift card if you get him. So come on, let, let's get the, the pledges coming in um, and really just, you know, we just try to have a little bit of fun as we also raise the money necessary for Catholic Radio. So we have just a, a couple of more minutes with, with uh, Dr. Atkinson. Um, you know, what would you say about Catholic Radio, Doctor? Would you, you know, if somebody's out there on the fence wondering if they should call or if they shouldn't, what would you say to them? Oh, a, a Catholic Radio has been such a powerful in, uh, influence and instrument for evangelization. Um, and I, 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 this is just one of the wonderful things of, of our technology. That's one of the good things, certainly. Catholic Radio, as it, as it is true and faithful uh, to the teaching of Christ and to the authentic magisterium, uh, it is, becomes a place where people can actually ask their questions, the hard questions, and they don't understand. And so you can ask that in, in different types of show. Or they can share their faith, which is that the faith yeah, is real. It can be hard. And so we help each other by listening to our stories of how we, that it is hard. It's okay 
to be sad. It's okay to be confused because Christ will use all of that and will bring us to a better place. So Catholic Radio, again, as it is faithful to Christ and his teachings and the authentic magisterium of the Church, it becomes a beacon not only of hope but of truth. And so I think you are playing, all of you, uh, as you continue to be faithful, a critical role in the building up of the kingdom of God. Mm, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, again, the website, theologyofthefamily.com, the book, Biblical and Theological Foundations of the Family, by Dr. Joe Atkinson, and we are grateful for your time today and for all of the the wonderful words of wisdom and, and thoughts that you were able to share with us. Thank you very much. You're most welcome. It's been a privilege. Ah, thank you. All right, we're going to break, and then the chaplet, and then we'll be back talking about Catholic Match. Stay tuned. Please join us in a parent's prayer to St. Monica. St. Monica, patron of Christian mothers, we entrust to your protection the children whose names you can read in our hearts. Pray for them that they may be granted 